is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. Welcome back to part two with Luis Salgado in this very special re-air from 2018, episode 21. So, I hope you enjoy. How did you make the transition into social work? Or is theater social Did work I ever make... No. Did I ever? Did you ever make the transition? It's funny. Um, I because well, I was looking at your website, and yeah. it says social work, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, my teacher, my teacher, my teacher, Jose Javier Rivera, thank you, I love you, Pepito, wherever you are. Um, I remember, uh, just again, I think I can always answer something by examples. I remember probably it was like 15 or 16, I was in this period of when I was realizing I have to be more disciplined. Um, and yet, the rascally also helped me in things. Um, I remember that he had a project in this town in Puerto Rico called Salinas, which was by the, the Olympic Stadium. And they gather a group of kids, you know, young people from my age, right between the 15s and the 18s, um, from all over the island, kids with problems. And... Again, who was I to be there as a teacher? And how could I ever demand respect from people that were even older than me? Um, and I, I remember stepping into that room the first day and being like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I looked at them. I, I sat down and I sat down. And I was like, okay, let's talk. What's your story? What do you love? What do you hate? And I just listened for like a good hour. That was my class the first day. And I listened for like a good hour. I took everything they gave to me and I went to, to my room in that albergue and I started creating a mix of music that will somehow open up and honor the story of every student that I had there on what they had just shared with me. And we ended up with this little potpourri of uh, men in the mirror meets something else. It was like, I won't want to make it. Like it was like, they all want to make a change. They don't know how. Um, and we created the next day, my next class. I created a choreography based on the stories they told me through movement. And I guess that's when you realize, oh, shoot, this is in a way social work. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just creating a choreography. I'm caring for the stories that they're giving me for their own her voices and figuring out a way to hybrid everything in, in a way that make a catharsis, if not for the audience, for them. Yeah. What is helping someone in need do for you? Or do to <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can answer that because I don't know. I don't know that I'm, I'm always aware that I'm helping someone in need, right? Like, um, yes, when Puerto Rico had the hurricane, a lot of us realized we have to do something and we don't know what something is. So what I did was land at the island and be, you know, after figuring out how I could potentially help and who my, my main target was that I needed to help, which was mostly the artistic community because they're my friends who are unemployed without water, without light, and yet they're the first ones trying to give water to people in their houses. How do I help them? Mm. Um, so I just got to go there and do something. Yeah. And it so happens that that thing you end up doing, it's helping someone in need. But it's not like you sit, I don't like sitting down in this table and you can ask anybody in the organization of Revolución Latina that's not what we do. We don't sit down and say, how do we help people in need? You know, we just say, how do we go and do things? Mm -hmm. And as you're doing things, you realize you're helping people that needed something. Yeah. But it's, it's just a weird thing. You know, it's a weird thing. Those people in, the, in Peru and Chincha that didn't have doors and windows, I never planned to go there and give them windows and doors. I yeah. just realized they don't have them. Let's do something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I read on your I read it on your website and I wrote this down because I loved it. Uh, your heart expands and lives in the <laughs> souls of unheard voices, yes. which is something we've been talking about yeah. for a few minutes now. I just love that. And I want to say that. Thank I want to tell you Thank that you. I love that. <sighs> so many on her yeah. voices. Who? Yeah. Can we talk about your first dance teacher some more? Yeah, yeah. Jose Rivera. Was that just one day you were like, I want to, we need an activity? Um, <laughs> no, we're no. Jumping off the roof. I um back to the army. Um, I went to Hawaii when I was nine. My father was in the army. My mom got sick and she was like, go with your dad while I get better. Um, and, you know, at this point, my father must be so mad that I tell the story this way. But in reality, <laughs> my dad was working. He couldn't be with me. Um, he was busy. Yeah. And I spent basically a year in Hawaii doing whatever I wanted, you know, and with my stepmom. And it wasn't necessarily the best scenario. So when I came back to, to Puerto Rico, there were clearly shit happening inside of me. And uh, yeah. the teachers were like, well, uh, Luis, I want you to know there's a program called Enlace that we're, we're doing this year. And I think you might be a good fit for this. You might you might want to be in the room um, and stay in, in school a little bit longer and, and have these activities. Little did I know I was going to meet this guy, Jose Rivera, who, you know, was having us do the split in the middle of the garden, in the middle of the school. My pants were coming dirty home every day <laughs> but it was so much fun yeah. and it was rewarding and it made me happy and it liberated me and i felt like um coming from my mom being sick and my my dad's situation the whole thing that grounded me it gave me a space where i discover more of who i was or who i was out to be you know and um it, it connected me with this person that i think i am today um, and so it changed my life. And at that moment, it was like, I d I, this is like a drug. I don't yeah. want to do anything else. I want to do this. Um, what does that do to you? Like dancing, when you're dancing. What are you, <laughs> what are you feeling? I'm just so, I know, I'm like going in, I'm going in for these questions. I'm just so interested. Uh, I'm just is, so interested. This is like, this is like, um, like, like that Billy Elliot song, Electricity. Yeah. You know, it's funny because this morning I was running auditions and, I think a lot about dance because I come as a dancer first and I escalated to so many different things, producing, directing, you know, choreographing, having a nonprofit organization, whatever, whatever, whatever. And every now and then I wonder like, am I, am I gonna keep on dancing? Am I going to keep on choreographing? Right now I'm passionately and madly in love with directing mm -hmm. and what that responsibility is and like talking to people and developing the needs for the story to take life. Um, so I've been talking a lot about when when am I not dancing anymore and do I even need to choreograph or do I just direct? And this morning I was running this audition and I was like, guys, to the dancers auditioning, what's going on? Like, I need your heart. I don't just need your shape, I need your heart. Like, like you need to get involved. Yes, the step needs to be clean, but your heart needs to be there and then I danced. And I did it full out and everybody looked at me and, and my team was like, don't you ever dare say that you're not going to dance anymore. Or choreograph. And so it's something that is such a part of who I am. I think movement, it's such a part of who I am. And it's not, um, it's not perfect. It's not that I'm like, I remember when I moved to New York, um, I, 
used to always say, I want to be like Desmond Richardson, you know, like the quality of movement that that man has. And now I realize very quickly after that, that no, I can not be ever Desmond. Mm-hmm. I am me, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. And so there's like a rawness and a dirtiness and like a reality yeah. um, to the way I move that's mine, but it's from the heart, you know? And so th- like Billy Elliot, electricity, but no, it's not me. It's I think it's like earth, you know? I think it's like passion and drive and want and my own on her voice. What is there a particular production you've been in or been a part of that has taught you the most about yourself or more about yourself that stands out in your mind yeah. as teaching you a lot about yourself? I think in the Heights, hands down. I, f- I always say in the Heights changed my life in so many ways. Before in the Heights, again, I was in New York looking to be everything that I could be, which uh, a lot of times is something outside of you, right? I want to learn more hip hop or I want to learn more contemporary. I need to be doing ballet, oh my God, I need to point my foot more, oh my God, I have a bad foot. Like all of these things that you're just like, what am I, who am I? I need to be something that's not me. And, and, and I guess uh, a certain dissatisfaction with yourself. And when In the Heights happened, it was like, oh, I get to be me. I get to choreograph what that teacher showed me in fifth grade for a Broadway show yeah. and help a, a wonderful choreographer win a Tony for that movement. You're kidding me? Or I get to just get on stage and play the club guy, Jose, as Luis Salgado. You know, like, I get to be me. Change and yourself, it, yeah. it, um, it liberated me, and it liberated the way I work and the way I think about how I cast the show even. Yeah. Yeah, and I had also read that dance. Dance has opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah. That's your, like, your, your rock, your, yeah. your, your thing. It's my, first, it's my first step, you know, yeah. movement drives the rest of the way i think yeah yeah i want to talk i'm curious now about the traveling around the world Mm because you you do a lot of teaching around the world and working on shows and what have you um kind of did that just come about because of what you've done here it's like friend of a friend says to you like hey we need some help over here or like you realize that you want to go teach over in that country ironically no um the i started traveling before i even got my first off-broadway show so that gives me also a certain satisfaction that it's not because I've done something like in the Heights. Um, the I moved to New York in 2002, and I think in 2003 or 2004, I was dancing at Broadway Dance Center, and uh, this Japanese couple came to me and said, hey, we like the way you're dancing in this class. We'll be interested for you to come to Japan. And for me, a Boricua from Puerto Rico, Caribbean islands, to hear you want to, you know, we're inviting you to come to Japan. Japan is like the end of the world for a Puerto Rican. It's like, (laughs) I'll never get there because that's so far. So, like, that was my first trip. That was my first invite. Long story short, as as well, the, the most of the group that was supposed to travel with me didn't make it. So then I became the star of the show. Because, like, I remember that Mangue was going to be in it, Jesus Aponte was going to, and somehow they didn't make it. And so I ended up taking all of the spaces, which means that I had almost all of the numbers, both between having to choreograph some of them and having to learn the original thing that they were doing in Japan. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm walking in Ibaraki, in a little island in Japan, and in the in the where the buses and the things are happening, the, the transportation, my poster was there. 
this Boricua's <laughs> poster is in like so it yeah. started this adventure of what traveling artistically could be for me as an individual artist um, then I got a, an industrial in Germany and then I, I a, a teacher of mine who passed away William Wade it used to say to me Seymour I was like who is Seymour and he's like no Seymour and I was like oh okay <laughs> you want me to like and so he inspired me to start traveling to London and seeing theater there. Yeah. Um, and, and traveling became part of like how I was continuing to cook my learning habits. Um, still to this day, I think I posted this morning, guys, I need a, I, advice. I want to go to Europe and study there. Um, tell me, uh, you know, places to go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's part of how I recharge. Yeah. And so when I started finally doing more work, like I got my first Broadway show or did in the Heights, then there were already doors that I had, but mm -hmm. those expanded. Yeah. And that's what has helped me gone so far in like Latin America and other places. What do you love most about traveling? Learning. Learning. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that you've learned about other cultures that comes to mind as you've traveled to like Japan and yeah all the time my son's name is Hikari Hikari it's a Japanese name and it means light um, so I would have never probably called my my son you know uh, Hikari if I didn't value how Japanese culture always works to have meaning on something I think even my other companies like Al Productions it's all about making art with a purpose like I don't want to just have a name I want to have a purpose in my name right I want to have my son means light he will forever enlighten my life right so like that that kind of deep quote-unquote deep thought um, it, it, it's it's part of what I think I take from traveling and and the every single work I get to do I always learn from what I'm doing yeah. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Have you found your purpose? Purpose? That's Avenue a big Q. question. What's purpose? I threw that one at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so. In a weird way, I think my purpose is to do what I love, to do art, to inspire people, to be inspired by people, to mess it up and mess it up again, to doubt yeah. myself, to be human. Yeah. How do you, and we're going to, because we're wrapping up here, so Aww. you're going to, it's going to be. An hour went by so fast. Isn't that insane? Yeah. It's it's I love this. Um, so I'm going to hit you with some bullet point questions here. Okay. Rapid fire. Your answers do not have to be rapid fire. Uh, first one. How do you how do you deal with rejection? I avoid it. You avoid it. Yeah. Like um, I often I tell my students. I often I tell my students how many performers are going to every single audition. Huh. And well, of course, if you're going to 20 auditions, you get rejected by 19 because you never chose which one was the one that was good for you then you're going to have to deal with rejection. Uh. But I try to avoid that, right? I, yeah. I try to pick and choose what I want to go into. And so my agent calls me 19 times and I say probably no to 15 of those. Yeah. And I choose what the ones I want to go in because they either move me in my spirit or because they feel as a great adventure artistically or because I think, you know, it, 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 someone might say, yeah, but that's a luxury. It's not. It's something you have to set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite failure? or a parent failure that set you up for success? Do I have a favorite failure? Favorite failure. <laughs> Such an interesting question. Um, favorite failure. I guess the time <laughs> I guess the time I failed to jump into the water. 
right? The whole, the whole, the whole concept of Revolución Latina is there to go beyond. Yeah. And whenever I I'm challenged, a little bit of what I were telling you before we started the interview, I teach this certain way and I wish I was taking those classes. I wish I was yeah. being pushed to my limits that way. Um, and, and the whole idea of there to go beyond is as simple as me at the age of, I don't remember now, 13, 14, um, in this hill on by a river in my West Puerto Rico, and everyone's jumping, everyone's jumping, and I'm so afraid, so afraid. Here we go again. And, and, and I wanted to jump so bad, but I was scared. And when I finally jumped, I kind of twisted my body and I wanted to grab the rock. But I was like, if I grab this rock, I'm going to die. I'm going to scratch my entire being through rocks. I can't. I got to let go. <sighs> when I let go, that water was so delicious. It was cold. It was refreshing. It was amazing. And, and that, in a nutshell, it's the way we work in Revolución Latina. We push ourselves to be on the edge of the, of the stone, having to decide, am I going to jump in the water? And that failure is my favorite failure. Me being afraid so deeply at that moment is the reason why I'm pushing so hard right now. Gee, what a lesson to learn at 13. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Good an that's a great answer. Um, do you, is there a common piece of incorrect advice? Say that one more time. Is there a common piece of incorrect advice yeah. you hear in your field? Or yeah. The, the, the moment that you say, oh, I know that. Okay. Like someone, ju you know, what do you mean by, the, uh, like someone jumps to. Any, any, any of us that thinks we know something, that's incorrect advice. Or thinking we know, assuming that what my truth is has to be your truth or that's the answer to your question. I think that that is the incorrect advice. Having an answer is the incorrect advice. The curse of the actor is to know. Yeah. What we do as actors is we try to forget so that we can relive it fully in every performance, every performance yeah. so so i think thinking we know is the incorrect advice we don't know shit we ought to discover every day thinking we know god is a problem thinking god exists is a problem for me at least yeah. right like i don't know every morning i have to discover if he still is here if it's true and then I go to bed every night with this fulfillment that God exists in my life because I personally discovered it. Not because my grandma told me I have to go to church and God exists. You discover it for yourself. Yeah. So thinking we know yeah. might be the incorrect advice. Huh. These are good answers. What does success mean to you? This conversation. What do you mean by that? Well, this conversation is success, right? We like we're successfully having a conversation. Yeah. We're inspiring each other. You're inspiring me with your questions. Well, you. I hope that I'm contributing something yeah. to you. <laughs> so the here and now, um, in this moment where we are s sharing a human existence that we didn't have an hour ago, mm -hmm. it's success to me. Will you complete this phrase? I believe. Completed. Yeah. I believe. Exclamation point. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like speechless. I want to talk about that. Uh huh. You believe everything, everything no. you choose to believe. Um. <sighs> just like God, right? Like just like the idea of God. Like, I believe because I have to explore it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I might die and realize. I was wrong. He's not there. Right. But like, 
but I don't know what look there's the sky there's the sun right there's like water in our bottles we're blessed there must be something special going on I call it God and so I believe is like what do I have to lose by believing I have a follow-up question I feel like I already know the answer but I'm gonna ask it anyway in case I don't do you have a favorite story of life happening for you life happening for me what does that mean as in so like there's that saying where people are like oh life is happening to me all uh -huh. these bad things are happening to me it's uh -huh. happening to me but life is really happening for you a bad right, thing or right. something not coming your way is simply guiding you towards something you truly deserve mm -hmm. is there anything in particular that stands out in your mind as life happening for you because i imagine your answer to me would be like this right now everything you've already done life's happened for you i'm just curious if there's something Maybe. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I get scared, right? Like, some often people say, like, oh, Luis, do you ever get scared? Like, oh, uh, I get scared. I'm like, I have doubts. Like, of course. Yeah. Um, the thing is, what do we do with that? So life happening for me, I think it's, I have to listen to life, right? Like, mm -hmm. li life is happening for us, yeah. but we're not listening to it often. Often we're not listening to the universe. Like w one of my favorite writers is the simpler writer ever. He gets criticized for writing shitty, Paulo Coelho, because he's so simple. He's so <laughs> he's <laughs> so simple. Yeah. But then again, you find your own answers in his in his simple work, yeah. and that's what makes him so profound, right? So the intellectual li literacy writer is saying Paulo Coelho is not a writer. Does that make sense? That makes a whole lot and, and so um, what one of the things that in The Alchemist he will say is maktub, right? Yeah. It's written. It's written yeah. And I have a problem with destiny. Like I just did a show recently that, uh, or actually I'm doing a show in Colombia that we're developing that has a topic of destiny. And I question the writer so much on the idea of destiny, but not because I don't believe in destiny, but more so because we have to define what destiny really is. Does that mean that only a being outside of me has control over my life and I have to admit and be that Greek shit that we all grew up with, right? The Oedipus or whatever. Mm. Or is it that I have a conversation with destiny mm. and you and I, destiny and I are negotiating mm. the outcome that we are both going to build. Does that make sense? That makes and so, and sense. so yeah. um, life happening for me, it's also me working with life. Yeah. I'm working with life. It's as simple as I have to listen to life. Yeah. And there might be the day where I'm doing way too much and I have to say to myself, I'm doing way too much. Today I have to stay home and sleep. But uh, you have to listen to the universe and in the universe, your body and everything in order to, to, to define that, to find that, to, to use that, to take in that and do something about it. And I think that that will be my answer, mm -hmm. that uh, life happens for me every day, yes, but only because life itself is challenging me, challenging me to listen to it. Life is challenging me to listen to it. That's good. How, do you, how have you gotten comfortable with not knowing the answers in your life? Stop being so paranoid about having the answers. <laughs> just let go. Let yeah. Go. Well, it's just like that jump. Yeah. If I jump, what am, am I going to die? Huh? If I jump, am I going to hurt myself? I'm not going to be able to dance? Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Water is cold. It's refreshing. Oh, my God. It feels so good. Yeah. Like you, uh, there's, there's a moment where we just, it's not easy. We, but it's not easy. I, it yeah. might feel like I'm just talking shit, but you have to let go. Because mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm going to be alive tomorrow. So if I don't give you everything right now, this moment was wasted, you know, so you have to let go. I love that. 
what's morning look like for you? How do you start your day? It depends on my my wife's mood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, often I wake up early. I, I'm a very early person, so I can wake up at six thirty seven, and she's a very she sleeps late. So that means that I get to have like an hour and a half, two hours for me before we start fighting over coffee or whatever. <laughs> um, so if I use that time well, morning for me, I mean, these days is sad because, you know, we, we're so addicted to social media that all of a sudden you can so easily turn into your phone, look at something and get and waste the first hour of your life there. I'm, I'm again trying to make habits that I have always had and that we often lose. So the last week, um, let me talk about the last week's morning. Um, I've been putting a lot of music. So I'm waking up and I'm putting music right away and I'm letting music sort of like. What kind? So I have, I'll show you. So Great. You know, you know that I'm not lying. <laughs> so we but know um, you're not lying. I love but that. Um, but uh, for example, I was in Colombia. Uh, what, I got back two weeks ago. Um, and in Colombia, I started having these conversations about old school music um, that I, again, had in my life at some point, but stopped listening to. And I, it's called, the playlist is called, I'm going to read it from in Spanish. Well, this is the morning meditation, right? Yeah. And then there's, uh, but the one I'm looking for you is this one. What it says there? Palabras. Palabras para el vivir. Yeah, palabras para el vivir. Good job. Oh, thank you. Words, <laughs> words for living or, or words to live by. And so like titles, I just give you the title. Soy un ser humano, I'm a human being, desiderata, which you probably know. These are songs, not people speaking. These are songs and or people speaking. Okay. Uh, no sabes cuando te quiero, you don't know how much I love you. El pescador, which is a beautiful song about a fisherman. Where do you find these? Uh, in iTunes. Okay. Um, todo cambia, everything changes. Uh, nada tengo que cuidar y todo para vivir. Nothing I have to take care of and I have everything to live with. Um, huh. so, so then this is my playlist. So then I like, I'm making my coffee to this music now. And it's like, ah, it feels so good. Yeah. And again, you forget and you lose that. You lose those moments and you get busy or whatever. And then I think you have to listen to the universe and be like, okay, what do I have to do now to be able to recharge? Yeah. And um, again, because of the social work we end up doing or because of the amount of stories you end up listening to, it gets really dense, really fast. So I've learned that I need a way of decompressing that's that ch recharges me. And I find a lot of those answers in music. Mm. Do you have books that you refer to or like yeah. texts you refer to daily? Yeah, or there's a lot. Speeches. You know, like one of my greatest, <laughs> greatest, uh, speech to to live by is the great dictator that's why i laugh when i say greatest the great dictator was charlie chaplin you know the speech um no, no. he starts saying i'm started. sorry but i don't want to be an emperor that's not my business i would like to help everyone if possible jew gentile black men why uh we all want to live by each other's happiness not by each other's miseries human beings are like that you know it's like yeah. it's, it's like one of the greatest speech and it was created and spoken by a mime man who wasn't supposed to ever talk and and it's it's you know so speeches like that inspire me the eternal to be or not to be yeah. you know it's like that's a daily thing in anything in anything you do that was incredible and going back to to be or not to be the mm. show we saw the uh this must have been like a month ago now uh -huh. to i like i know what to be or not to be that is the question says no 
I like I know that, but you really like there's like that <laughs> meaning, you know, there's that superficial kind of meaning like show up for your life, take that jump, let right. it go. And then there's that actual thing you feel that's tangible when mm. you say let go, mm. jump, mm. to be or not. It's like whoa. <laughs> blows my mind. Absolutely blows it, my it's mind. so interesting to do that with again, half of a group that doesn't speak English in the first place. They have everything to lose. Yeah. To be or not to be. Yeah. You know, and in that dilemma of like, what is, isn't it Revolution Latina Latina? Isn't it Revolution Latina something that should be speaking Spanish for me? Shouldn't you be helping me with my own language? And I'm saying, as the Latino from Puerto Rico, no. I'm going to be the guy saying, speak English, you're in America now. So that you really know what that feels like before you go to the streets and somebody really says it to you. Now, how are you going to deal with that? So we are responsible to speak the English and the Spanish and the anything we can because they're going to look down at us and we got to be ready for something. And so wow. it, they feel in a very safe environment being pushed to their limits. Yeah. And so to be or not to be for them is anything at this moment is to be a person who can speak English or not to be a person who can speak English and alone. That, that's a basic example. Are you going to act or are you not going to act? Are you going to act or are you going to live? You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's like anything. Yeah. Th- that speech is like, I don't know. I don't know. They say Shakespeare was Cervantes, you know? They, mm. b- they, they were both born and they, were and they both died the same day. Mm. Do you know that? Mm-mm. Miguel Cervantes and Shakespeare both were born and died on the same day. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is there a, is there a most gifted book that you've, like, gifted? The Alchemist. The Alchemist. It's a good book. It's such a good book. Oh, it's a good book. I'm reading it. I'm in the middle of reading it for my third time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's yeah. like the one. That's one that you like keep on the shelf. You yeah. can go back to. I don't know. I don't know at this point how many times I've read it. It's just like probably like six or seven. Like it's just such a good book. Yeah, and I, I it's almost like you can open it in any page and get something from it. In- yeah, instantly. Yeah, you instantly. literally just open it up. Um, okay. We're coming down to the end here. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to have to do a part two. We will. Uh, What are you working on right now? Is there anything we could talk about that's coming up? Things we can see. When is this this airing? A month, about a month. A month from now. Great. So we are, yes. So I I am working on a piece in Colombia called AJS Colombia, which is a spiritual journey. It's basically the hero's journey in this female character um, who was born out of the kiss of the moon and the water. And and so she was, she became, uh, I don't know even if to say a human being because I don't know if to say a human being, but she became, mm-hmm. and uh, and finds that the world is killing itself, um, in many different ways, and so it's a little bit of um, it's a little bit of of a of a way or a device to talk about some of the political situations that ha- happened in recent years in Colombia. I don't know if you're aware of the the past, the peace movement that has taken place. Uh, so, so long story short, by the time um, that Pablo Escobar was dealing with drugs in the cartel and whatnot, you know, kids were being put into these revolutions and whatnot and given access to drugs or weapons and whatnot and families were getting houses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then, you know, Escobar is no longer alive and the whole cartel has come down and whatnot. But a lot of the people that work at that time had a little bit of a debate with the government 
and because they were th there was a, a request to give them forgiveness um, and to uh, and to access like a common piece from what the history of Colombia was, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of division and segregation of perspectives, politically, economically, so socially, uh, again, by race, you know, in as in every other part of the world. And uh, and so I feel like the Colombian community, it's in a way, just like in the United States, segregated by these realities. And so in the story, without touching or talking directly on any of these topics, we're kind of talking about all of these topics. And so there's a there's a division of four corners of the land. Um, and this a and this woman, her name is Aluna, uh, takes a journey that helps her sort of find the answers to how to unite those communities. Um, Long story short, that's that's what we're working on. We're in the middle of developing the work and whatnot. You're developing it here? Uh, well, I went to Colombia for 10 days. We did casting. We worked on the book. We worked on music. I left sort of like homework, you know, happening. Yeah. I have a meeting today at 6, f furthering that with them. Yeah. Um, and then I go back in June, and I start building the show. And I do three weeks of building a show, and I leave them with that work. And then I go back in August and finish it. So it's wow. a process and it's beautiful. And it's filled with technology. We're yeah. also making a commentary on how technology can be distracting or a way of uh, furthering expressing your inner emotions. Yeah. So we're using like LED projections, mapping projections, uh, uh, holo projections. It's, it's very, very interactive. Wow, wow that's incredible. Luis Salgado. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love you. I love <laughs> talking you. to you. Where can we find you? Uh, here? Where's the best place <laughs> to find you? You're right. Sorry. Here in this moment now. Um, here, no. Uh, Twitter, it's El Salgado Art, and Facebook is Luis Salgado, and Instagram is Salgado Prods, which is my other company. You can also follow Revolución Latina uh, in all of the above. I love it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye? I just want to say thank you. This was fun. You know, it gets so like an interview can easily be so, <laughs> you know, and this Bored. is this was like life. This is like, thank you for the challenge. Thank you, Luis. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Luis <laughs> Salgado. Hey, thank you so much. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.